Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast. I am your host, Ruby Ahmed Huck, and along with my co-host, Bo Humphreys, Dear Ruby aims to answer all your personal finance questions. Those questions could be about retirement, student debt, should you buy that new car or get a used one, or how much is your divorce going to cost? Nothing is off the table. And since the start of the pandemic, we have been laser focused on all the ways the economic slowdown caused by COVID-19 is affecting your personal finances. And now we're focused on how the recovery efforts are affecting your personal finances. Canadians have a lot of questions about all the emergency benefits that were brought in, all the recovery benefits that are now being brought in, and we are here to help answer those questions to the best of our ability. This week, we will break down all the big news stories of the week, how they affect your pocketbook, and answer any personal finance questions you may have. You can always reach us to ask your questions at DearRuby.com and on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, Bo, welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast. We took a week off. I don't know what happened. I think we just got busy and we just didn't have time and we were all kind of, I was really tired by Sunday. So I apologize to our listeners if they were expecting a new episode because we just couldn't do it. (laughs) You know, sometimes we just got to do what we got to do. And if it's uh, skipping a week, you know, the, the, if the pressure's on for us to put out some kind of an episode that uh, feels that way, it's not going to be great, right? So we might as well wait until we're, uh, we're top-notch or we have more to talk about. Yeah, and this week we do have a lot to talk about. First and foremost, happy birthday, Bo. 40 oh. years young, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. I, you know, I know what it feels like. I'm halfway through that decade. How do you feel? Um, it is... I. I don't want to make this about myself, but I truly felt like I entered a decade of my life that um, where I really knew myself. And I wanted to know how you're feeling, you know, just a few days into your fourth decade. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely there, too. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I spent uh, a lot of my, my 20s being in an addiction and my 30s kind of figuring all of that, uh, uh, how to live, right, uh, after that. Uh, so... Uh, the 40s are my first decade where I'm, yeah, like um, I'm stable and I have a new baby and, um, did you, know, you get married like, in your 30s as well? I did. Uh, decade, just, yeah. um, uh, just in the middle of the, of mm-hmm. the 30s and in, in 2014. Uh, but yeah, but we met when I was 31. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to be nine years, uh, um, actually probably in about three weeks, uh, it'll be our meet-aversary. Um, okay. from, oh, I like that. From I 2011. Like that. Yeah, because I just come back from from my spent a month in Peru and and I was starting my life over with a new job and then so that all of my 30s were were building this life that we have and uh, yeah then my 40s start with a pandemic. Great. <laughs> How did you and Kayla so, meet? You've never told me that story. Well, we just met. It was just a random uh, through like I went to a party um, for a friend of a friend and it was a friend of her friend um, Mm -hmm. and we just uh, met up um, randomly. Yeah. Good old fashioned meeting at a party. We were both open to meeting people, right? Like sometimes you go to a party and you just stick to your uh, your crew or whoever you came with. Right. And uh, yeah, we were just open to that i think that was the thing i came back from peru and i was like looking i was i i call myself a yes man at the time i just said yes to going to things so this was a party that i might not have gone to because it wasn't Mm -hmm. 
important, right? It was just a friend of a friend's birthday, and I hope she's not listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that it, it was not like we were not really close friends at the time, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that, that was a decision I could have easily not made. Mm -hmm. And you wonder sometimes, like, you know, would we have met up uh, at another time? Like, yeah. You know, through, through some other means, right? Uh, you don't know. And sometimes it's just chance and then, you know. It's working out. So I, I think <laughs> it's working out very well for you. I think you're doing okay. And uh, I wish you I the best. Not, with it. <laughs> not this, just this year, but all the years to come. And I know that there's so many more exciting things. In the, when you turn 40, you do sort of start to understand yourself better. I think it's just about aging. I'm sure when I turn 50, I'm going to feel even more comfortable with who I am. Uh, yeah, that's it, right? Supposedly, our happiness level in our life is the highest in our 50s and 60s. Um, okay. That has a lot to do with the fact that most people have accomplished those major things in life, having a family, getting married, buying a home, those things that yeah. really kind of make you feel grounded and being grounded is, is tied to happiness. And, um, and then you are also looking forward to things like grandkids and retiring. Yeah. So the happiness level of people rises in their 50s and 60s uh, as they just, and then also the fact that you know who you are. You're not worried about that extra 10 pounds anymore. You're not worried if you have the, the best car. You start to realize the things in life that really actually matter. Yeah, you figure out what, what it is that you want to do with your life or mm -hmm. that, that you've done that or if you wanted to do more. And, and yeah, there's, yeah, you just, you experience, there's no more anticipation. There's anticipation of things, say, maybe for your own personal goals, your own, uh, but not like all of these life uh, milestones that you don't know how it's going to go because everyone keeps uh, frightening you with their stories uh, mm -hmm. of, of uh, a nightmare child or a, you know, a great child or, or uh, the house that burned down. You know, there's a lot of things that happen uh, throughout your lifetime. And by the 50s and 60s, you've experienced a lot of that already. Right. And, and you realize you've come out of it unscathed, right? Yeah, so exactly. the house didn't burn down. Your child yeah. didn't turn out to be a jerk. You had a, a, you know, you have good friends that have stuck around. You, you've been able to save the money that everyone said you weren't able to save. Like all those things happen. Yeah. Um, and then you feel like, oh, I'm because anticipation does make us nervous, right? Like in our 20s, it it's does. like, am I going to yeah. pass that exam? Am I going to get that job? Am I going to meet that girl or that boy? Um, all those things that kind of make you feel very incomplete can make you, and they say that you're actually most depressed between your twenties and forties. So now you're starting yep. to get, feel better, feel that better. Sounds Bo. about right. Yeah. <laughs> We're happiest in our childhood. Yeah, yeah. So our happiness peaks in our childhood kind of just goes into the gutter, right? In the twenties and thirties going into the forties for all those reasons we talked about. And then by the time you get to your fifties and sixties, I mean, you, when you meet older people, sometimes like we feel sorry for them because we see them and they're older and maybe they have some, some, some uh, physical disabilities, but they seem yeah. so happy, right? They That's seem right. so happy. Because they've, they've done all the things and they know what they can handle. And really, that's mm -hmm. what it comes down to. It's that, that's, um, yeah, it kind of sucks though that, that you got to go through. I mean, I, kn I know that it's necessary and I talk to people all the time about this, that you got to go through stuff. I just mm -hmm. wish it wasn't so brutal sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. um, but how else are we going to learn how to live? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we could we could have like courses in high school that try to teach us all the disasters that might happen in our life, but you got to go through it. You just have to. So yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. 
And it doesn't mean that there's not bad things that are going to happen, but you're more prepared for them as mm -hmm. you get older. You're more financially prepared, emotionally prepared. Uh, you know, you could look at, at breakups as a as an example, right? The first one is always the worst one, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And then you just know, like, after that, it, it's okay. Well, I, I, I recovered, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, I mean, it doesn't mean they're not bad, but you know it's not going to devastate your, your world, mm -hmm. right? Every time. So. And the people who I, I uh, by now, the people who I sort of thought had kind of quote unquote perfect lives, you get a chance after, as you spend more time with them and you get more, you're more you, more, you think more critically about the things that they offer you, the things that they say and the things that make, you know, the out, on the outside make them look perfect. You kind of get a chance to look behind the curtain a bit because you're just more intelligent about life. And you realize, you know, even the one who makes the big salary, they're not really that happy. Or yeah. I realize when I'm hanging out with this friend who doesn't really have as many things maybe as society would want them to have. Maybe they're not married. Maybe they haven't bought a house. Maybe they haven't had his kids. They're so happy because they that, that's just their that, that's just their disposition. Right. So you start to realize things about people and stop um, and stop sort of idolizing people for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's all relative. It's right. it, it's a very personal thing, right? The, determining mm -hmm. uh, what your values are, what will make you enjoy your life, and so yeah, everyone should have the opportunity to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking about speaking of people that we idolize for no reason, <laughs> we're going to uh, talk about the throne speech and the queen the and the governor general. <laughs> so um, first, the nuts and bolts of it this week was the, the throne, the speech from the throne. I should say that, not the throne speech. Speech from the throne um, that was delivered by Julie Payette. Uh, former astronaut, female astronaut. Yeah. Oh, um, awesome. You know, she's she's involved with her own scandal. On her, on yeah, the side. yeah. I'm forgetting the whatever. I'm like not people <laughs> that stuff. But she's been to space, so you she know, has been to space. That's pretty cool. But just because you've been to space doesn't mean you can teach uh, treat people down on Earth like they no. are. No. Yeah. So what's she know. been doing? I haven't been. Uh, uh, so she this has been accused by staffers of creating um, uh, an office environment of bullying, of okay. intimidation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, this may come from her being an astronaut and being someone who kind of always strives to be the, you have to be the best to yeah, be an astronaut. Crazy achievers, yeah. Right. That's, so your you physical, mental, everything has to be, your health in every way has to be, and you have to be very smart as well. Um, I would say almost a genius maybe, to be an yeah, astronaut. Too smart, maybe. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> know whether that plays into it. I, I, mm. I would never, I would never um, assume what someone's feeling. I would never say to someone, oh, you feel that way because that person's too smart. That's not, I would never yeah. say that. Um, it's her responsibility to manage her uh, team and not yeah. let uh, her idea of what perfection or whatever work life is, uh, not let that filter down and make others feel lesser than. You have to know what your people are capable of and 100%. support that, right? right. And, and some people are just not great managers. Mm -hmm. They think everyone should be like them, and if they're not, they're inferior. And, and that's the, probably the worst way to manage. If she's doing that, then, then that sucks, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, she's so she's not yeah, I got the greatest okay, uh, so, boss reputation. Yeah, so she's a, so as you know, government uh, was paroled for the month of September. Basically, um, they said it was for them to take a pause and think about everything going on with COVID nineteen. A lot of criticism um, for obvious reasons during a pandemic to, to 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 not be working and not have access to the government. But anyways, they opened the new session of parliament, and whenever they open a new session of parliament, it has to be a queen's representative. We still have a lot of tradition tied to the British royal family, and the governor general is the queen's representative. And we just talked about this before we started recording. There has been two times in Canada's history where Queen Elizabeth II, the current queen, 
um, has actually opened Parliament herself. So kind of coming down into her land called Canada and opening the Parliament. So uh, I'm sure... But that was early days, like... 70s, you, you said, right? It was one of the first I'm ones, sure or? if we were given the opportunity, they would do it again. I don't, especially considering one yeah, time it was so. with she, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Yeah. yeah. And the, her they his son it, is they now They would do the, it again with Trudeau. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah it, it, tradition I don't is, understand uh, monarchy. It's, uh, it, to me, it's not, um, you know, like, I don't know, the U.S., they, they uh, claimed independence, right? We did a mm-hmm. more... Um, muted version of that and that hey can mm-hmm. we just run things and you can still be there but why why are they still there you know and, well because and, uh, like learning that the queen owns our land still that's weird mm-hmm. to me or however so, that, i mean that's and is. this is the, exactly and this is the thing about history right like when you start to realize that that why these sort of societies like the loyalist society why they exist uh why there are different why we still do different traditions like throne uh, speech from the throne why is it that when the queen comes that it's a you know it's very pomp and ceremony in the way you know like it's like we're welcoming welcoming her home or welcoming yeah. her to part of her home i guess because her home is you know uh but um and she's still on our money. I mean, if you, whenever you pay with paper, this is probably why dig, digital currency is going to make the monarchy obsolete because <laughs> we won't ever see her anymore. We won't have that Nobody connection. Will remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the whole the whole thing was all about just taking land that didn't belong to anybody in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Claiming superiority based on no facts, right? All mm-hmm. of our history is based on that. So it's really hard for me to acknowledge that somebody owns something or that they're in control of something because they just decided to take it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's never going to hold up for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, if they, if they had come and they, uh, 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 talked to the people who were here and said, Hey, what land would you like? And we can maybe have the rest of this land. And then everyone did an amicable negotiation. That would have been probably that sounds okay, very quaint, right? Though. It would have been so nice. <laughs> and even then, like maybe they are the, you know, the, the first nations would have been like, well, we do have plans to go into there, uh, but in the future, maybe in the next hundred years, but okay, well, you can have half of it. If there was any of that, you know, uh, that this, uh, it makes me angry a little bit that, um, of course, uh, you know, it should uh, make anybody angry if once they learn about uh, things like the Indian Act and all that stuff that's still in existence today. Like mm-hmm. it's still called that. That's why I call it that, because that's the name of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't even I think use they've changed the name now. Have they, though? Yeah. I don't know if they can change a name of an act that has not been changed. You know what I mean? I, I listened to the Secret Life of Canada, who, mm-hmm. who, which is hosted by a First Nations person mm-hmm. and a First Nations woman and a, and a, and a black woman. Um, and they uh, they said Indian Act all the time. So maybe if that's recent, that'd be great. Okay, I would like maybe that. I'm wrong. Uh, that's not something I but, follow very carefully. So yeah, but it's just the it's just the the relics the, from that time, and and people uh, today act as if all of this stuff is um, you know ingrained and and it, it it was all right, right? So like laws are laws, right? Because somebody decided they were. Well, I mean. <laughs> It, it, if they violated human rights back then, then they weren't right. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's hard for me to take um, uh, understand how someone can feel like that they own something mm-hmm. um, at all, really, uh, in terms of land, especially. Yeah. That is a discussion that I think we need to have an entire podcast <laughs> dedicated to. Yeah, I think the work that sure. you're doing, co- kind of looking back into the origins of personal finance oh, and money, it's are horrible help. stuff. It's 
<laughs> it's really yeah. horrible. Our history is, is yeah. the worst. It's just about killing and conquering and thinking that you're better than everyone else because of some made-up thing that made you feel better. Yeah. Really, that's what it is. And it's so it's so unfortunate. But, yeah, we do have to recognize it. And the more we do, the more we'll maybe understand how things got to how they are today, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing that's not made up is the pandemic. It's still here. Uh, We know that uh, we're going into probably what's going to be a second wave of COVID-19. Prime Minister himself in his speech to the nation. What is it? Speech to the nation? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Uh, What did he say? Uh, He did say that it's going to be worse than the first wave. And um, this was after. So the throne speech, the speech from the throne was in the afternoon. And then um, the prime minister addressed the nation in the evening at 630, which a lot of people said was a bit useless because the first couple of minutes he spent talking about washing hands and wearing a mask. It was like, what you I mean? We already know that. Thank you very much. It wasn't anything new, <laughs> but um, they did outline uh, four things in their, in their, uh, in this, the, the speech from the throne. Uh, they talked about how they're going to manage the pandemic. Right. And that's their number one priority, health and safety of Canadians. Second was helping small businesses um, and those people who have been really affected, helping uh, individuals uh, with their with their economic goals, making sure that they're supported. That was their third goal. And the fourth was stand up for who you are. And I feel like the stand up for who you are, stand up for who we are, is really just a middle finger to the United States, because (laughs) there's very much been this feeling that uh, throughout this all, we haven't lost perspective of who we are. We still help each other. We still uh, accept the fact that, um, uh, you know, some people are uh, suffering more than others and we need to help them economically, especially with these benefits. And, you know, even though there's been pushback, definitely with with the CERB, There's been a lot of talk of people taking it when they don't deserve it. But generally speaking, most people have been very happy with the with the benefits that have been offered. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, enjoy a a monarchy, but I support democracy. And I feel like that's is one of the things that makes us who we are is everybody seems to accept that. And that's not happening in the U.S. right now, uh, unfortunately. It mm-hmm. just seems like it's yeah. Everyone, I keep hearing vibes of a civil war coming. Or something, well, right? I mean, I think everything hinges. Everything hinges on the election in November. Um, oh, if boy. Donald Trump wins, it could be four more years of what we've seen, but even worse, sort of like on on speed. Yeah, um, he's already appointed this new superior. Uh, is it Supreme Court judge? Which is who she's very conservative, um, and she will be confirmed because they have the votes to get her confirmed. So that's going to change the way that the United States passes laws for the next, they're saying, 40 years, for the next generation, two generations. Oh and um, I think that's why Canada had to put that in, because we we are not we are not the United States. We have um, basic human rights here are a, a priority, and I don't know if the U.S. feels that it's a priority it, it, Well, it anymore. doesn't seem that way anyway, mm-hmm. whether they say that or not. All the evidence points otherwise, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're all just using our eyes. And, and watching mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so make your own decisions as to wh- what they they're supposed to be like it, it it doesn't matter what they say and what their laws say it seems these days like trump saying that he's gonna uh appeal the, the 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 vote if yeah. it doesn't isn't for him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what a baby mm-hmm. really like that's what somebody says when the, the, and they just can't possibly imagine that that anyone could beat them yeah, and so then also pompous. he he tweeted out a video a while ago of Trump 2020, then Trump 24, Trump 2028, <laughs> like just openly mocking democracy in the country, mocking I, mask wearing, mocking everything. Right? That's how, that's mocking. how this type of person, which he, he is a, a bully, mm-hmm. that's how they they get 
people b- behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's all throughout history, and, and there are a lot of people making references to him being like many, many, and he studies all the old leaders, apparently. Um, he studies anything? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if NDB studies anything, it's a, a horrible tyrants from the past, which is mm-hmm. the worst. It's like, God, read something else. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of, uh, he loves to emulate them and thinks that they were great, um, mm-hmm. you know, and doesn't see the human destruction um, along the way, which is, you know, what's happening. We, we're seeing it. So the throne speech had um, quite a lot in it. Uh, my one of my biggest criticisms was that it just threw the net so wide. Like they met any mm. group you talk about, they mentioned it. They mentioned racialized groups. They mentioned women. They mentioned indigenous groups. They mentioned LGBTQ. They mentioned environment. They mentioned climate change. It was like they just wanted to make sure that nobody was going to walk away uh, feeling like they weren't mentioned. And I am not trying to say that those groups do not deserve mention. All of them deserve mention. But in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a economic crisis, I wanted to hear how you're laser focused on dealing with the effects of COVID-19 and dealing with the economic recovery because of the economy being shut down. So as much as people are calling this the economy opening, have you been anywhere? The malls are empty. The stores are empty. The restaurants are empty. Nothing is really happening. We're still at home isolating for the most part. You know, there's weeks on end where I won't see anybody because I've almost changed my behavior during the pandemic. So how is the government managing that? And I didn't hear that. And there was a lot of talk about helping those people. And we'll talk about the recovery benefits in a sec. Was a lot of help uh, talk about helping people who are low income, but no specifics on how to actually raise the wages of the people who work in the industries that are front and center in the pandemic. So why aren't you raising the wages of the PSWs, the personal support workers who are in the nursing homes, which you know there is a problem there, Yeah. so that you can hang on to talented people? Why are you not raising the wages of early childhood educators so they feel more more uh, um, uh, confident and they feel more uh, respected in, in the role that they are in side by side with a, with a teacher working with children in our classrooms, which are now... Um, you know, there's there's breakouts all over the country uh, with yeah. kids getting COVID. So why are we not focusing on like actual practical things that can happen? And also, you know, you can have a national strategy, but COVID-19 affects people differently in Toronto than in Moncton, than in Vancouver, than in the mm-hmm. territories. So you need to have different strategies, community outreach. So talking to people in the community saying, what do you need? They may say, we need help with mental health uh, workers. Like we need more mental health supports. Some people may say we need more job training. Some people may say we just need uh, more childcare options. Who knows what you know the, the communities need, and that that would be, I think, more effective if they had um, sort of kept their focus on COVID nineteen. Well, yeah, because they, they'll say things like, "Well, Trudeau says a lot of vague things, right?" Yeah, he's quite whatever vague. it takes, and you know, just we're all working together and and stuff. But uh, yeah, like I don't, I it's the government. I don't know that they know how to figure out whatever it takes in this such short time Mm -hmm. right they're used to uh, you know commissioning a study that lasts for five years like they did with the financial literacy campaign you know um with jane rooney as the first uh, financial literacy um uh commissioner and uh yeah it's like that that was a whole thing and it was organized and everything went around but they don't they don't necessarily um have a lot of time to figure this out and they don't know how to work quickly um, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's what it seems like. So yeah, all they can do is say we're going to do whatever it takes, and 
and yeah, and, and like hand on my heart, and like yeah. just cliches and metaphors. That's that, that's like the the, the best. And she taught, like, even the, the governor general, I know it's not her words, it's the words of the government that she reads. Uh, but in that, it was written that, you know, we are calling this the she session. And it's like, all these things feel good to hear. But what are you actually doing? If you're recognizing that women have been more affected by this pandemic than men, mm. we've talked about this many, many times. Yeah. If we know that the industries that are dominated by women continue to have lower wages, what are you doing to help them? Why is it that nurses and teachers and those who work with our elderly and uh, those who work with like nannies, why are they the ones that always have the lower salaries? Why, you know, why, why is it that in comparison, what is the difference between a nanny and someone who works in construction? What yeah. is the difference, right? So the, the skill, just... they might do a different job, like they lift things and they do, they, you know, they might need some, di- but one is working in education and one is working, um, with with maybe with engineer like with more of an engineering background or what whatever I'm I'm trying what I'm trying to say is that both are highly qualified. Yeah, they're Why both does one get paid things. more? The, the, we need to reevaluate how salaries and wages have been built, and and uh, the the truth is they've been built on on a, on a false pretense that mm-hmm. one that men's work is more valuable is better than the other. Yes, which yeah. is the whole patriarchy was built on that, right? That you know, and built by men, of course, because they they needed to feel more important back in. In like yeah, thousands of years ago, literally thousands of years ago, like 3000 BC is when mm-hmm. uh, the, this all of this started to happen really officially. Right. And they started writing laws that said women will get punished this way and men will get punished this way. Uh, and we're still doing that. We're still mm-hmm. doing it. And, and nobody's realizing that, you know, once we realized that, that that this was happening, we needed to revolutionize the system and pay people equally so that. You can go and live. It should be really, honestly, uh, and uh, this is me on my soapbox, but it's uh, you go and you work uh, an hour in a day. You get enough to pay for an hour of living wherever you live. That's Mm -hmm. really how it should be. Mm -hmm, So if you mm -hmm. work a day, you get to live a day. You get to pay the same as everybody else, right? Um, Now, some people might call that communism, right? Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is that should be the base level. And then if you wanted to do more than that, you can do more. And so we could have a more uh, capitalist end to that, right? But Mm -hmm. at the very – nobody should have to uh, work seven jobs to be able to afford their apartment, honestly. Yeah. And so th- this is a, the question that's been brought up. And I, I'm glad we're going to transition now, talk about how CERB is ending. And it's been brought up a lot since the CERB was um, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit was brought in, that a lot of people were actually making more on the CERB than they were in their jobs. And that brings that's up the worst that. Yeah, that brings up the whole uh, uh, idea of why is it uh, that so many people are living on such little money? Um, and so shouldn't it be that there is a, uh, there is a universal income so that everyone is making at least X amount, um, which could be something like $2,000 every four weeks. So the CERB has ended, uh, as of now. Um, so mm. everyone who is on the CERB is going to like be today, transitioned tomorrow, to, right? like yeah, so we're recording today. this on the Sunday. So it's, it's, it's over as of today. It ended yeah. yesterday on, on Saturday night, September 27th. Uh, the new benefits kick in. Uh, there are three different benefits, which I will get parliamentary approval because the NDP government has said they will vote with confidence. Okay. Good. So uh, the Canada Recovery Benefit, which is 26 weeks of $500 a week, uh, and you, you apply for it in two-week terms. So you get 13 terms of, of um, uh, $500 a week. Uh, and then uh, you can 
make money while you're uh, collecting that. You can make up to $38,000 a year before it's clawed back. So um, they're really trying to get people to not only um, uh, feel encouraged to take the benefit, but also feel encouraged to go out there and work. And they are saying that uh, uh, people who are anyone who is taking this benefit, uh, this recovery benefit, should be willing to work if it makes if it makes sense from from their health point of view. From um, if, if there's work available, they should not be rejecting it. Uh, there's two other benefits. One is the caregiver benefit. So that one I, I thought was interesting. It's if, if, for example, if Henry's daycare was shut down, you couldn't work, yeah. you could access it. Only one person in the household can access it at one time. Um, it's kind of like mat leave. You get a certain amount of mat leave and you can, uh, well, it's pat leave you can call it, or um, oh, sorry, paternity leave. No, parental leave, parental, parental leave. leave yeah. So parental leave is a certain amount of weeks and it can be split up with the two parents. So it's the same kind of idea. 26 weeks, $500 a week. Um, so if your kid's school is shut down or you've got to take care of somebody at home because they got COVID-19 and they have to, they have to isolate, you would be able to access that money. And the last one is sickness benefits, which is only two weeks. Uh, but if you got sick with COVID-19, you could, at the beginning, you could just yeah, access that two weeks the, right away. Yeah. Quarantine, uh, the required quarantine. There's, I, I'm reading this. It, it says uh, for the caregiving benefit up to 500 per week. I wonder if that's a typo because what, what what are the qualifiers there? I yeah, know, no, no, right? it's $500 a yeah, week. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably a typo in the article because uh, yeah. why, would, why would that be based on something? Um, but uh, the EI is still based on on your income. So right. what they did with EI, so originally in the throne speech and, and just thereafter, um, th- uh, it had been indicated that it was going to be $400, um, the floor rate yeah. for EI. So that okay. even if you only qualified for 350 bucks, you still got 400, 400, uh, but now they've brought that up to five. So, so everything's five now. Everything's five. Had... So on EI, you could get yeah. more. Yeah, okay. Say you made okay. the full 55,000 or more. You could get, you might get $550, $560, whatever. So they really I, are creating universal basic income with this, yeah. at least for the next six months. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and it, this is available for six months, but over a year. So oh, you could, okay. you know, so say, um, say my yeah. kids are sent home because uh, there's a, a school shutdown and then say it happens again in March, I can access it, you know, periodically the throughout the year. Uh, the, yeah. this, the caregiving benefit, the CRCB. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's good. I like that. And, um, yes, it's very progressive, and I think this is why the NDP really had no choice but to yeah. uh, to why vote with it. I mean, it, it, people would have just first of all, an election would have been a disaster right now. Yeah, um, like how do, the NDP. I mean, from a political point of view, NDP really didn't have the 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 money or the the support to really run an election right now. That's besides the point. But an election would be devastating to Canadians because all of a sudden we wouldn't know where to go. There yeah, would be no the decisions time? being we, made. We need yeah. st- stability right yes. now. Yeah, and that's, again, that, that's what the U.S. is facing. Uh, uh, There's something they don't need right now. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, even if it was Trump, at least it would be consistent. But, yeah. um, you know, that, that's just one more thing to deal with. Go vote, go vote, go vote, they're telling everybody, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean... Go vote, and when you can't even go outside, mm-hmm. um, what what's interesting about uh, the five hundred dollars for basically anything five hundred dollars a week is um, you know what like do, do, what's the calculation uh, have you uh, have you uh, thought about oh that? how the, much uh, like what is that hourly um, if it was say a forty hour week yeah right? is that so what we're saying yeah so like so it's a hundred dollars a day. Yeah, so twelve fifty, right? So mm-hmm. basically twelve fifty an hour, and what what are people getting? Um, what is our minimum wage? It's been well, our minimum wage is higher. Uh, it's yeah. 
14 dollars an hour or 15 dollars an hour i can't remember yeah um and but in some provinces it's even higher and in some provinces it's lower yeah. but um you're right you're not even giving minimum wage to canadians at 500 dollars so because so, i was wondering that you know like is this livable right i mean how did they figure this out did somebody just say 500 bucks seems reasonable i'm sure there was a bunch of canadian government economists or or, or somebody doing these calculations Mm-hmm. And so how did they, did they probably average it over the country, right? That's that's my yeah. guess. And also the expectation is is that, first of all, it's not a permanent solution, right? Mm, and yeah, on okay. top of that, you can work, which uh, with the CERB was the same thing. You could still make an extra $1,000 every four weeks and not have the CERB clawed back or taken away altogether. Um, and with this... You can work up to $38,000 and then you feel like, you know what? I can go beyond. It's not like the whole benefit's taken away. That's right, it's just clawed, clawed back. Okay. So, that's so that makes a big difference. Like a 38 grand is three grand a month. Like, yeah. So 38, you know, gross, you can make, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's so good. You can, make, like, you can make good money. Yeah, you can make good money. And, and like you just said, there's no risk. It's not risky. Like it, the, the serve seemed really risky. I got to watch out for that thousand bucks, right? Everyone keeps saying because they, they would tell us they would take it all back. But mm-hmm. this this makes more sense. And then, so it's operating more like a universal basic income would. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like uh, uh, UBI should work that way in uh, going forward if they do officially uh, do it. In that, yeah, if you make over a certain amount, you don't get that because you're mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. But if you if you end up ever going below that, then you do get it, mm-hmm. right? It's just like getting your HST credit or trillion mm-hmm. benefits or maxing it out on CBP and EI and stuff like that. That all of these things are based on levels of income, mm-hmm. right? And so why not this too? That makes sense. It's, it just it seems to take them a while to get get here, uh, but they they needed to figure out or realize that this was going to be more of a long term. Like this is still temporary, but long term, like longer, longish term. Yeah. So one of the biggest questions I've been getting from uh, Canadians is um, how is the transition going to work from CERB, from the CERB to EI and 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 the recovery benefits? So if you were collecting the CERB through the CRA website, uh, you will have to now go to Service Canada if you want to apply for EI. Really? So that's okay. a big thing, right? You, yeah. It's not going to be automatic. If you were receiving the CERB through uh, Service Canada, it is much more. Um, it, it's it, it will be much it will be much more seamless. But I still recommend, no matter which situation you're in, if you're collecting EI, that you log onto your account to make sure that 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 transfer does happen seamlessly. The recovery benefits you still have to apply for because you have to show that you lost at least 50% of your income. You have to, um, it's not something that's ongoing, whereas EI is yeah, ongoing. It's, it's one, one exactly. exactly. I could take it this two weeks because if you know my kids were sent home and I had to isolate with them, I could take it for this two weeks and then I may not need it until next February. So it, it, the recovery benefits are much more like on a case-by-case basis, whereas EI is something that's ongoing until you find a job. So it also seems like for these kinds of things, it shouldn't be like, I mean, it would help if you're not paycheck to paycheck already because it might take a while for you to get these. Like there might be a delay of a week or two. So the government like is that. saying that it's going to be seamless and that really? it will be right away. So <laughs> let's see. I mean, the so, CERB sorry, I did come in pretty quickly. Right there, but yeah. yeah, no, but that's good though. I mean, if they're saying that and that's what they're trying to go go for, it, it's like, but I've heard so many delays from, mm-hmm, uh, from mm-hmm. other people too, and and everyone who gets caught in the, in the cracks, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, between those two things, but uh, this is uh, 
This is positive stuff. Uh, and I, I, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure there's a connection between CRA My Account and Service Canada now. Once you're in one of them, you can click through to the, the, mm -hmm. the other portal. That never used to be that way. You had to have a different login. But I think now you can just go flip between the two so mm -hmm. or use one for the other. So it should be easy enough to get mm -hmm. over to the other portal. Uh, but Service Ontario, though, right? Or, or, or is it Service Canada? You have like, to apply it, through Service Canada. It's, it's a federal. Canada. It's a federal okay, benefit. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's what I, I would say. No matter how, if you are if you are switching from CERB to EI, I would say no matter how you have been collecting the CERB, you've got to go on either a CRE My account or your Service Canada account, whether they're in the same portal or not. I still recommend you go on and just see what's going on in your account activity. Um, and if you can ask questions in that, because they have a chat box, make sure you ask those questions. Uh, this this story changed so quickly from Thursday when the throne speech happened. Then there was negotiation with the NDP. So they brought the levels of that money up from 400 yeah, to 500. Good. They I'm also glad, made glad sick pay that. a little bit more um, easy to uh, to 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 get while while you are um, if you are sick from work because of COVID-19. So all these different things happened because they had to negotiate with the NDP to make sure they would vote for them, uh, vote, vote confidence with them. Um, so. I would recommend that you still go to the Canada.ca website. Just, you know, if you even just Google Canada Recovery Benefits, all the information comes up. I'll also tweet it on uh, Dear Ruby Podcast on Twitter so that you can get the information that way. This is an interesting transition time. And, and uh, yeah, who knows how this second wave is going to go. I really, you know, we, you know, we had a, a shared birthday party because Kayla's birthday is two days after mine, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, and she's five years younger than me. Um, so she had a milestone as well, uh, 35. And, uh, so, you know, we usually have a shared birthday party and the limits for outside are 25, right? Mm -hmm. now? So we had, I think there was 10, probably 10 of us mm -hmm. just sitting in different pods in the backyard. And I played a little bit of music, uh, on the piano and, uh, you know, that's the first sort of exposure to people I've had in a while, really in a group. Not that we were hanging out indoors or being close to each other or anything, but and outdoors is supposed to be the safest of all, of all places to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the, I think a lot of people are doing more stuff like that, but then people are going inside more too, and it's getting colder, and people are in schools. The schools are the biggest thing, I guess. How do you feel? How are you feeling so far about how it's? Oh, I know. I'm very confident about the schools because yeah. um, I think I actually I know what you're saying, but I actually feel like the schools. The only reason they're going to get COVID nineteen is what the parents do on the weekend. Yeah. So okay. I don't think that the COVID nineteen is going to spread within the school. What's going to happen is on the weekend, parents will still take their kids to see other people. They'll let them hang okay. out with other kids. Yeah. Um, and that is how the COVID's going to get into the schools. If parents were to follow the guidelines during the weekend. This, I, I feel like it's almost impossible. They're, they're, they can't leave their seats. They have all their own stuff. They have to sign in and out to go to the bathroom. They, 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 um, operate in, in, in cohorts. So if there was an outbreak, you could immediately isolate yeah. that group and send them and home. There's just masks, so much. They're wearing masks all the time. Yeah. It's so like how it can't, okay. it, it would, yeah. So you're I'm good very, with what they're very doing, but yeah, how can we trust uh, individuals? Uh, that's the mm -hmm. main thing. Everybody's so different. Like you, nobody's mm -hmm. regulated in their own home. I mean, they are, but they aren't, right? There's rules and there's quarantine rules, but the social distancing rules are not laws. Am I wrong? 
Um, so that you can be charged. Uh, okay. Ten, okay if you uh, organize a party, uh, yeah, well, yeah, for that. more than you can be charged. Like I think it's a bylaw actually, but no bylaw would be municipal. So I'm not sure how exactly that works. But um, yeah, but but it's what you're saying. If you go and hang out with your your uh, fa- another family and you're all uh, ten people or less, um, and you don't wear masks and stuff. Is like I mean no first of all no no, no one's, one's gonna, gonna say anything. You. It's only if no, you break no, that ten person rule. No one yeah. can see you if it's inside, and and then someone's like there there just isn't uh, not that I want us to be a authoritarian state or something wherever with cameras everywhere, but I mean what's gonna prevent the the well, one or two people who do this to cause the outbreaks again? And that, mm-hmm. that's that's what happened before, right? And that, mm-hmm. I keep thinking of that one guy in, in South Korea who just went from bar to bar and then went to church or something. And he re, he resurrected the, the COVID where they had zero cases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's possible. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, everybody's, uh, uh, this is just, I'm trying not to get too stressed out or about anything. Well, on that, on that very, uh, down note, Bo, <laughs> This has been a long podcast. I think I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, So if anybody has questions about the transition from the CERB to the recovery benefits or how to get EI, not only do I want to hear the questions, but I also want to hear about all the uh, problems that you have faced. And if you're falling Mm -hmm. through the cracks, we definitely want to hear from you. You can go to DearRuby.com and send us your question. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Um, I will also tweet out the link to the new recovery benefits so you can easily find them on our Twitter handle. Dear Ruby podcast. And um, we are going to, you know, endeavor to bring you podcasts maybe every two weeks. We haven't really decided yet. Uh, But definitely you're going to get two episodes a month uh, or more. Two or more a month. Two or more. I like that. Yeah, Yeah, two or more a month. All right. Yeah, this was good. I really like this uh, this episode. Um, it was awesome, yeah. And uh, I will see you next week or the week after. Yes, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Bo, and happy birthday again. 